Welcome to the Scope 3 Agenda podcast with EcoVaris. My name is Fergal Byrne. Over the coming months, I'll be interviewing senior business leaders actively working on supply chain decarbonization, reducing Scope 3 emissions in a variety of different industries. We discuss companies' decarbonization journeys, the challenges, their experience and strategies, explore what is working, and identify key lessons and insights. I'm very pleased today to welcome Bertrand Conqueret to the Scope 3 Agenda podcast with EcoVadis. Bertrand is Henkel's Chief Procurement Officer and President of the Henkel Global Supply Chain BV located in Amsterdam. Bertrand has extensive experience in procurement as well as human resources, which he utilizes and leverages to lead the Henkel Global Supply Chain transformation. In addition, he is the President of Together for Sustainability a joint initiative and global network of chemical companies which delivers a global standard for environmental, social and governance performance of chemical supply chains. And he's co-founder of the Sustainable Procurement Pledge, a bottom-up and grassroots movement for the entire procurement profession. So thank you very much, Bertrand, for joining me today on the Scope 3 Agenda podcast with EcoVadis. Thank you very much also, Fagal, and um, very grateful to be with you today. So. I'm very much looking forward to talking to you, Bertrand, about the role of procurement in decarbonizing supply chains, as well as the important work on the Sustainable Procurement Pledge, your work at Henkel and other things. Maybe just before we start, if you can tell us a little bit about your background and the various roles you play. Yes, Pegel. So I am the Chief Procurement Officer at Henkel Worldwide. And um, in this role, I am also a responsible president of the Enkel Global Supply Chain at Enkel 2. So very uh, strongly embedded in all activities around sourcing and uh, the uh, end-to-end supply chain. And uh, where sustainability is obviously uh, one of the key elements that we are strongly working out into the company and into the organization. I am also responsible in leading the uh, Together for Sustainability initiative. And Fagal, I understand we'll talk a bit deeper about TFS later, but it is an organization we co-founded together with six CPOs in 2011. And uh, since then, uh, driving the agenda of uh, sustainability into the supply chain of the chemical industry. And recently, with my colleague Thomas, Thomas Udesen, CPO at Bayer, we funded uh, the Sustainability Procurement Pledge, and also I will give you a little bit more details around the ASPP background and objectives and strategies that we are managing a bit later today. So sustainability, as I just said to you, very strongly embedded into the agenda at Henkel, very strongly uh, part of the, we call it even the speedboat at Henkel of TFS, extremely strongly developing sustainability into the chemical industry, and then ASPP as a bottom-up organization and an opportunity to leverage sustainability at scale across the procurement professions. Very interesting. Thank you, Bertrand. Now, companies have been faced, many companies have been faced with significant supply chain challenges recently, many of which are ongoing with COVID and invasion, Ukraine. Do you think this impacted companies' ability to focus on longer-term sustainability questions like Scope 3? I'm just wondering, is it important for companies to balance this shorter term, more immediate issues that need to be solved and the longer term supply chain priorities like scope three? I think we all acknowledge that in companies, we are used to manage what we would call the short, mid-term agenda. 
uh, with all the volatility that we know into the circumstances that you have just described. The last three years have been full of massive disruptions and changes as also evolution. At the same time, strategies along sustainability have not changed. I mean, the long-term strategy are very clear. We have committed, if I take the company Henkel, committed on strategic objectives uh, 2030, 2040, and these objectives have, have not changed. So the work is continuously managed in parallel. Of course, we need to dedicate a lot of attention to short-term challenges and changes, but the long-term strategy and the way to foster that agenda has not been different to what it was and what it is. And what do you say to companies who might be tending to think, well, this is important, but maybe put this on the back burner to some extent, the scope three, because we've more immediate issues to deal with? Well, I think that um, the vast majority of companies are not deviating from that because it is obvious that it is a commitment and a responsibility that we own. We own uh, for our respective companies, but we own into the industries. And at the end of the day, it is all about the agenda of people, planet and prosperity. So I do believe that um, on the journey, everybody will continue to foster and to uh, definitely put a lot of emphasis and focus on the agenda. And this is why the topic of the power of collaboration at scale is so important to continue. We should not not forget legislations are evolving. So all of that are agendas uh, that we need to prepare, that we need to get ready to embed, and that we have the responsibility at company level and at the sector's levels uh, to manage uh, end-to-end. And this is not to leave the room. This is uh, up to us. How important is Scope 3 to Henkel, Bertrand? But maybe what I could share about Henkel is that uh, sustainability is one of our core values. It is really deeply embedded into the organization. So, And then from that point of view, we have an agenda and we manage that agenda. And I am also very grateful that through not only the values, but also the purpose of the company and the commitment to sustainability, I could also personally engage into the TFS and SPP organizations and creating this environment. When it comes to the commitment of Enkel, Enkel is an SBTI committed company. And we have the near-term ambition to become climate positive in our own operations until 2030. And also from a procurement point of view, we are committed to reduce our carbon emissions by 30% uh, until 2030. So if I go a a bit deeper into this agenda, five years ago, we initiated in-depth reviews on this carbon emission with our supply base. We realized that we have a few which are really impacting at most that carbon uh, product, carbon footprint emission. And then we decided very strongly to work first with these and now with that TFS initiative to be able to definitely accelerate it and then to spread it across the organization. But we also initiated to work on replacing the fossil carbon feedstocks with renewable product. And with this, to have initiative with company partners, supplier partners, and really focusing on creating new innovative solutions and bringing it on the marketplace. And the same with packaging materials. So at Tenkel, we have very detailed, targeted ambitions and goals. The company is completely mobilized on that agenda. And the scope three agenda, which is in the hands for the upstream part of procurements, is definitely top priority 
in everything that we are activating. And back to one of your of your questions, yes, on the short term, near term, we have all the massive topic, resilience, supply, and challenges. But that agenda is kept completely intact when it comes to sustainability because it is for the purpose of the company, but also for the relevance and the trust that we need to honor towards our customers and our consumers. Yes. Now, before we discuss in, in detail, more detail, the sustainable procurement pledge, I was wondering, how do you define or think about sustainable procurement, what it means and what it entails, Brechon? Well, I think at first, if I look at at least at, at the journey I went through, uh, sustainability, sustainable procurement started um, 10, 12 years ago with a very strong focus on transparency, transparency on our supply bases. And uh, this is an ongoing agenda. It's a continuous improvement, but to understand what are the fundamentals of uh, the companies we are dealing with and managing our business with, so all of our suppliers. So this has lifted up the organization to transparency, uh, selections, but also benchmark embedding also, for example, the assessments of ECOVADIS, the creation of TFS in our case, and then step-by-step mobilizing all of us on the transparency and the ability to work with compliant companies in regards to uh, sustainability standards, safety, health, and environment. That was one. And then on the journey, responsible procurement is definitely to go to the, these agendas, which came absolutely obvious where companies started to commit to, uh, for example, the decarbonizations or let's say the greenhouse uh, gas emissions reductions. And it is also, again, here, a fundamental element uh, to be managed into the procurement organization, mobilizing then all the supply base around. At the end of the day, we translated this by one sentence we, we announced through SPP. Procurement is more than a role, it is a responsibility. And the day you embed responsibility under that agenda of um, procurement responsibility, then it becomes more driving procurements under the lead of responsible leadership and creating the conditions that all of us in procurement would take the lead under the angle of United Nations targets, United Nations uh, principles, and doing this, translating it into the values of the companies and actions uh, leading the uh, responsible procurement agenda. Very interesting. Now, the focus of this discussion is about decarbonizing supply chains and scope three is the focus. Now, what role do you see for procurement when it comes to decarbonization specifically? So when it comes to decarbonization for procurement, it is what is called the famous scope three agenda in particular, uh, which is the upstream part of the organization. So it, it can take many, many angles. Maybe to simplify, I think we have one agenda in the procurement, which is all the sourcing of energy, energy and lo- looking at alternative energies to a fossil energy, solar, wind, you name it, thermal. So all these activities which have to be put in place to transform that energy footprint. The same on, on logistics, logistics with all the elements related to uh, transportations. And finally, uh, we have the upstream market, which is related to all the sourcing of raw materials, packagings, and services. And this is what is named as scope three for this upstream part of the market. We have a scope three for the downstreams, but procurement is responsible for the upstreams. So this is a very important domain and also a very complex domain because 
it requires to come to a transparent understanding of what is that carbon footprint that we are importing into our companies in our products through the sourcing activities. And this is the role of procurement, which is now to tackle this, to make it transparent, and more than transparent, to transform it into data, which allows to start to steer it and to be into the position to manage a reduction and a reduction of this carbon weight, if I can express it that way, into all these inputs that we are bringing into the companies. And from there, having products which will be composed of renewables, of alternative uh, materials, which allows to reduce accordingly on the carbon footprint of everything that we are producing and then bringing to the marketplace. Now, can we focus a little bit on the Sustainable Procurement Pledge, its purpose, recent progress, and also I'd be interested to get your sense of where Scope 3 fits into the broader SPP program, Bertrand. The SPP, the Sustainability Procurement Pledge, is born in October 2019, and it has been inspired by the Fridays for Future movement, as also by the foundations of the uh, Business for Inclusive Growth, uh, B4IG. And it was on a Saturday morning that I had a discussion with Thomas Sudison, and we were reflecting on these developments, on these activities, and we were saying, what should we do? We observe, but what should we do? Don't we have here a message to stand up? And we came to the conclusion that procurement is a fantastic place to leverage the scalability. Procurement is by definition scalability. We know how to manage scalability. But imagine was the sense of the question. Imagine that all procurement managers worldwide would all act along the principles of the United Nations. So we would all have that scalability of initiatives and decisions along environmental, ethical, people, planet, prosperity, innovation activities, all into that direction. The scalability would be enormous. And this is where we created the pledge. The pledge is a bottom-up initiative where I sign as a manager to commit to the principles that we have put into the pledge. I commit to sustainability transformation. I commit to share knowledge. And I commit in my organization to also foster. And then we decided that beyond that pledge, we decided that we have to come with two main strategic focus. One, to empower and equip people and to encourage leadership across. And this is what has happened. And we have been extremely encouraged by the answers to the pledge that we made on LinkedIn. Today, we have 8,000 ambassadors. And these 8,000 ambassadors gave us very strong signals that across the organization, we need to empower and equip, and we need to encourage leadership across the entire profession of procurement. So we can, and we develop this, this organization is now a nonprofit organization. It went through uh, developments of what we call uh, challenges that we put on digital uh, workshops where many people participated and joined. And then in the the last uh, year, we developed also what we call chapters. Chapters, which are the next level of leadership with regional managers, regional people uh, going deep in regions or going deep in countries or industry specifics. And with this, 
able to foster even more of and foster to have more ambassadors, more activities, and gaining the momentum and the sharing of knowledge on empowerment and equipment. And last but not least, we decided also recently to launch what we call an SPP League of Champions, which is a program to support companies and their procurement functions to accelerate that adoption of sustainable procurement practices across procurement and supply chain. So it is all these elements related to bringing together, sharing, collaborating at scale, and fundamentally recognizing that behind the decision that we are taking in procurement worldwide, there are principles that we can definitely bring at massive scale worldwide and will have a very important impact on people level, on planet level, but also innovation and prosperity. And back to your question with Scope 3, we have a very dedicated team on Scope 3, which has decided to focus on sharing knowledge, tools, best practices, and being an inspiration. The topic is so complex that the more we share, the more we we talk about it, the more we give access to knowledge, the less we repeat the same in all companies, big companies, small companies, or very small companies, mid companies, mid-sized companies, the more we do this, the more we accelerate the opportunity to get access to that knowledge and to manage the change. So this is all the spirit of SPP. Share and accelerate. Give access to knowledge and never feel alone. We have a community and we can make the change at scale. And this is currently what is happening into the field of the Scope 3. Of course, it is massive. Of course, it is very complex. But not doing it will not allow to have the progress we need to make over the next few years, because here we talk about few years, and recognizing the impact and the size of all the procurement activities we have worldwide in private and public companies is definitely an agenda. And that agenda is under the responsibility of all the procurement managers and leaders. That's very interesting. You you highlight the point there about the complexity of Scope 3. Maybe if you could just spend a moment and just identify perhaps a few of the underlying factors that you think make Scope 3 particularly complex, Bertrand. What makes Scope 3 very complex is first, and I'm talking now about the upstream part of the supply chain, is that it is spread across all the supply base, which is leading and supplying respective companies. So it is what we call the tier one suppliers, the, the direct ones, but also the suppliers of the suppliers. So it's a very long chain. So we talked about hundreds of actors. And to get the transparency, the very complex agenda is to capture all these information into data and into data which will be comparable that you can associate and from there that you can start to measure and to manage the activities or reduction of the carbon footprint. So in that sense, many organizations are working on it to try to simplify and to try to make it happening. It is really a white page onto which many people are working since not very long. Now, we took an initiative into the TFS organization, which is dedicated to the chemical industry and saying, in that space where we have very specific requirement, let's develop a methodology and let's develop a language that we will all recognize and that we are able to manage at scale. So this is what we decided to do two years ago and that we implement in 2021 and that we had the opportunity to implement now in 2022 as methodologies. And hopefully with this, having that ability 
to manage the agenda at scale. And we are currently designing and developing an IT solutions to make sure that we are able to deliver these informations and the forms of data at what are called the footstep of each company members. When we will have done that, and we do this uh, in collaboration also with uh, many uh, initiatives which are focused into this domain. And to give you some example, we do this in collaboration with the greenhouse gas protocol or, for example, the science-based target initiatives or the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. When we will have done that, we will be able to have and to introduce a solution and an opportunity that people will have the ability to manage into their own and respective companies. Trainings will be part of the package. We need to have trainings. We need to train people. At TFS, we will start to have these trainings as of September to all company members. And if uh, we are in line with all our developments concerning the IT platform, it will come live in pilot forms beginning of next year. And mid of next year, we will go full scale. So that's the agenda. Very interesting indeed. And we will come back to this maybe and talk a little bit more in detail. You highlighted earlier the importance of collaboration and the sustainable procurement pledge, sharing information. And clearly, this is a a deep way of collaborating as well. We'll come back to that. I just wanted to ask in your experience, what are some of the challenges of getting an organization? So that's the procurement team as well as the broader organization to take action on supply chain decarbonization. And I know in different companies, the drive comes from different parts of the company. It can differ in many cases. But I'm just wondering, what are a few challenges that you would highlight, Bertrand? The understanding of the the topic. I mean, it is a very complex topic. And this is why it is so important to work with others to understand what are we talking about. That's this one. It is the ability to translate it into then or to capture these informations that I've just mentioned as data and the ability to make it uh, visible and transparent to be able to manage the agenda. And then uh, the speed, the speed, because it is very clear that all that agenda has, we don't have uh, um, centuries to make that agenda happening. We need to manage that agenda quickly. So when you associate the fact it is new, it is complex, it is very bright, and then we have no time to make it happening, I think we have here the ingredients of a lot of complexity and challenges. And this is why the big enabler is to bring uh, many people around the table and working at scale and definitely leveraging the collaboration between all the all the associated people. Then we have the chance to accelerate, to get the best practices in place, and then to make massive progress that no one alone can make. I just question of collaboration here, essential again in, in many different ways. Are there any other insights you have on addressing the organizational transformational challenges? Any solutions you observe, any any aspects of best practice? Clearly, it's a big area and many different companies in, in different industries at different stages of development. Well, I think that the topic of the CO2 topic is obviously very visible, very present, will also lead to regulations, potentially of, um, also tax topics around. So, I mean, it is obvious that the agenda 
sooner or later has to be tackled by everybody. So the sooner we recognize it, the better, and the sooner we are able to materialize it into very specific strategies internally into each of the companies and together with all suppliers and stakeholders associated, the better. And this is why I think it is quite high on the agenda. It is very visible to all of us into the industry, but it is at the same time absolutely necessary to clarify as much as we can and then to engage into places where we can have support to have that clarification and this transparency taking place. Indeed. And with the SPP, for example, the this plays a vital role in engaging people in, in the procurement, the, the community, the focus, leadership in terms of the sustainable transition. Can you talk about some of that, Bertrand? Well, I think this is um, what has been uh, amazing with this community. I mean, it is, we have realized that we have a huge space which we're looking for a lot of answers to questions that everybody has. The role of procurement in sustainability, the agenda of sustainability, the technology associated to sustainability to foster and to manage that agenda, the ability to engage with suppliers and the processes to be managed and the best practices. I think we have realized that we all have so many questions. And um, it was absolutely amazing to see the answers and the engagement. As I mentioned, big companies, mid-sized companies, small companies, private companies, as also uh, public companies and organizations, but also academics, researchers, teachers, engaging also the the agenda and teaching the agenda uh, at universities, consultants, advisors. So, I mean, it's a huge topic and it is a huge agenda which is rather new, rather new in terms of not describing the science around, but translating it and executing it. Here we talk about execution and how can we make it at scale and fast? And I think I'm always back to the topic of uh, speed because we have here very strong and urgent topics, but also fundamental steps which have to be made to keep our industries and to keep our companies relevant and trusted. And this is of huge importance. And this is why it is on the agenda of all the CEOs of companies. And quite often, uh, the question is how to make it. In procurement, we have the chance and this opportunity to to share and to leverage uh, through a tool or through an organization that we have built up, which is that SPP organization. And it is just great to realize that the mobilization of all the managers, of all CPOs, of all stakeholders around, have just responded to this call. And we need to be 1 million uh, until 2030 uh, to really leverage that agenda at that scalability. So 1 million seems to be very ambitious, but it is definitely the size of um, the professional procurement leaders that we need to have and which are existing to all be able to work at that degree of scalability and to foster the agenda in the space of uh, responsible procurement. Bertrand, you're also president of the Together for Sustainability Initiative, a supply chain initiative of the chemical industry. Can you tell us a little bit about this initiative? And again, also, where does Scope 3 fit in, Bertrand? So Together for Sustainability is born 11 years ago, in 2011. And we were 
with six CPOs reflecting on the same same questions that we received from our CEOs almost at the same time, which was all about the transparency of our supply base, responsible supply base. So in other words, is and are our supply base compliant with the sustainability principles, safety, health, and environment? And this question is, was already massive, complex question, as we know, to get transparency and to get processes to assess, to audit, to report, to measure and to correct. And at the end of that discussion came the idea to say, and imagine, imagine that to make it simple, one audit for one would be an audit for all. Imagine that an assessment for one would be an assessment for all. And this is where TFS um, get funded. We decided then to engage together to create the processes of uh, audits, assessments, auditors, we, at that stage, met Ecovadis. This is where our collaboration started. Ecovadis was a rather small company at that stage, and we were also very, very small. And this is where we bonded our responsibilities and our efforts to say, we will take the assessment template of Ecovadis, and this is how we grounded TFS around the assessment of Ecovadis. And this is the degree of transparency and the degree of collaboration which started with that sentence, an audit for one is an audit for all. And step by step, many companies joined because we all were looking at leverages and opportunity and best practices to have that transparency. Today, we are sharing 60% of assessments and audits are managed by someone else. So the effort and the scalability is huge. We do not repeat audits and assessments ourselves. The organization, through the organization, we get the scalability. The transparency is managed, and what is very important, we use assessments and results from external views, ECOVADIS and auditors. We have teams in all the regions across Asia, Americas, as also Europe, India, and then we are able with this to penetrate very deeply into the characteristics and the footprints of each of the regions. And this is where that scalability and this transparency bring us to say we need to do even more. In the meantime, two years ago, we created what we call the TFS Academy, saying that on top of everything we already do into the supplier base and with our teams, we also now create an academy to bring the knowledge and to train internally our buyers, but also externally suppliers and to have exchange and all together creating an ecosystem where we have that fundamental scalability of everything that we learn, of best practices and ability, definitely with this, are to focus on top quality supply chains towards our, towards our customers. Another agenda, two years ago, we also decided then we need to also go into the agenda of Scope 3. At that stage, we were, two years ago, 25 companies. Today, we are 37 companies. So the Scope 3 agenda has also been a very important element of growth through TFS. We have more than 15 companies working together to elaborate and develop these guidelines as also a technology uh, platform. And we are impacting altogether more than 300 billions of spent, purchasing spent. So there is a huge scalability, penetration across all the regions, sharing the knowledge, sharing the development, and it is where, and, and also accelerating dramatically in a sense of very positive impact 
the change that we need to foster into sustainability. I have learned so much through this. This is where I gained so much insights and learning from all the CPOs and team members I had the chance to meet across uh, this organization. And probably it is also through that journey of realizing what we can do when we are really engaged between peers and collaborating at scale that came that idea to say, and why not? We can create also what became uh, after that ASPP. So this is the journey of TFS. It is still continuing to grow. So we will be soon probably 40 members and the journey continued. That's a great vision, Bertrand. Can I ask you, what is the product carbon footprint guideline? How does this help companies on their decarbonization journeys? And maybe what are some of the challenges of calculating it? Why is it important? Well, this guideline is definitely taking into consideration. Now I'm talking about the guidelines we have developed into TFS. This guideline is a guideline taking into account, number one, the existing in terms of guidelines developed by other organizations than the ones we have here, bringing it together, but making it very specific to the chemical industry and the impact of the chemical industry into the, the, uh, along the supply chain. And this guideline is now a common language that we have and we will have across our industries, across our companies into the chemical industry, and that we will be able to use as tool and enabler to manage this famous PCF, product carbon footprint. And this calculation will be the same, following the same principles across all of us. In other words, it is making the carbon footprint agenda, not anymore focused between a company and its supplier, but it will become an agenda managed by a complete ecosystem. All companies participating to this environment will have exactly the same methodology, will use the same calculation. So in other words, we are able to manage uh, the agenda at a very high degree of scalability, and it will evolve very fast. As I also said to you, it is not the intention to, the intention to keep it into the uh, chemical industry, but to make it, it um, accessible to all companies, industries, and then joining the pool of all the efforts made by many uh, to bring these methodologies and these guidelines available and uh, bringing also the respective trainings, allowing to have that scalability of knowledge that I have also described. A recurring theme in earlier interviews in this podcast series is the importance of collaboration. And you've touched on this yourself. Now, can you talk a little bit about what you see as the role of collaboration in supply chain decarbonization? Yes, absolutely. I was very strongly focused on the collaboration across companies, but it starts into the companies, it is obvious. And um, I mean, collaboration is at the essence, at the essence of managing company agendas. Sustainability is a company agenda. And being a company agenda, it is driven by also a sustainability strategy at company level. Talking about the company Enkel, we have that strategy. We have developed that strategy all together and we are managing the execution. The execution is not managed in isolation. The execution is always the result of a collaboration, of an internal collaboration across a procurement organization with colleagues from supply chain, from production, from research and development from business. So we have all these aspects 
of the sustainability agenda expressed across the company, that we talk about transparencies or designs of new processes, development of innovations and new products, or circular economies, I mean, you name it, but all of that is always the expression of a team and of a team across a functional team, a collaboration into the organization. And with these engaging into, in our case, procurement into the supply base and creating also partnerships, collaborations, designs of new solutions. So this is why you hear me always repeating collaboration, but collaboration is at the core is at the core of the sustainability agenda and is at the core of the sourcing procurement responsible agenda. Well, that's fascinating, Bertrand. Is this collaboration easier to talk about than to actually achieve in competitive industrial uh, landscapes? Can you maybe just talk a little bit about how one generates and builds this kind of trust collaborative network? I think it is through the commitment. TFS is an organization managed by CPOs, led by CPOs, so chief procurement officers with their teams. To enter into TFS, we need to have reached already a certain degree of threshold in an assessment of ECOVADIS. So the 60 number, the 60 threshold needs to be there. It is so a commitment of company and procurement organizations to sustainability. But also to join TFS, we also commit to give time to TFS. In other words, each company will bring into the organization some team members, temporary, but doing on top of their responsibilities into the respective companies, time to run TFS through the different activities that we are managing. TFS is a rather small company with seven, eight members headquartered in Belgium. But we have overall more than 200 team members running TFS, plus companies like Ecovadis and auditors and advisors. And around this, we are impacting 10 to 10 and involving 10 to 15,000 buyers. And we, the community of CPOs, 37 today, are committed to this agenda. So it's a community which grew through a dedication to this agenda fully embedded in the strategy of all the company members and a fundamental element of leadership, shared leadership, and from there, uh, building the quality that we need to have to ensure that what we are delivering is highly qualitative and will help uh, everybody to grow very strongly and fast in the agenda of sustainability. Of course, we have also to respect the compliance agendas so we have also uh, legal colleagues into the organization, ensuring that everything that we do is compliant uh, with all our regulations in place. And all of that has created this ecosystem and that organization, which is continuously continuing to grow and engaging very strongly into the sustainability agenda, into the business sector of the chemical industry. Very interesting. Coming back to Henkel, finally, Bertrand. What would you say are one or two key lessons and insights on your decarbonization journey at Henkel? I think that uh, one of the key lessons is also, I would say, be humble and have a lot of humility to realize that you don't know. And be humble that it looks at the beginning extremely big and very challenging. But uh, after I have said that, be definitely uh, completely motivated 
that we have an opportunity to make it, but to make it alone, we cannot. And for that, engage, engage with your peers into the organization, many knowledge, many opportunities, many questions and reflections we can take place, and then engage with peers. And when it comes to peers, don't delegate it, do it yourself, engage. It is really under that angle of responsible leadership that you can really embed that agenda into your own agenda, in the agenda of your team and of the company by extension. And this is what has happened with these various examples we have been through today. And to be honest with you, the knowledge acquired and the experience, but also the ability to realize that impossible is possible, is just there. So you gain a lot of trust. That agenda is feasible. You gain also a lot of positiveness across. And definitely that don't give up, just do it. And there is a call here to all of my peers. I have received the call of my peers and I've realized, wow, we can make it together. And I think that everybody listening to this podcast and willing to engage should definitely join. In that case, I am representing SPP also and to say join SPP and then engage together to manage that agenda because it is our common agenda. And it is all about planet. It's all about people. It's all about prosperity. And it is our common future. That's a great vision, Bertrand. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing your great work you're doing and the various initiatives and projects and your work at Henkel. And I wish you the very best with your ongoing work, Bertrand. I thank you also very, very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Scope 3 Agenda podcast with EcoVadis. We hope you found it interesting and would love if you could share with your colleagues and leave a review. If you would like to find out more about EcoVadis, please visit ecovadis.com.